Hello, welcome back. This is week number two of uh, Mother's May. We're not doing just a Mother's Day. We're doing Mother's May. Uh, Last week, you heard my mom, and that was a phenomenal podcast experience for me because we got a lot of really interesting stories, backstory of her life, uh, her mother, and some other really cool things uh, that now I have on record so I don't have to try to remember some of those things when I want to tell my kids. Now they can just listen to her tell these stories. So she'll be back at some point telling more stories about the farm life and uh, a bunch of other crazy stuff, I'm sure. Uh, she's pretty great. So I want to start off this week with our non-sponsor, and it is Essential Oils. And I actually have an Essential Oils representative here with me for this episode. So she's going to tell you why Essential Oils are amazing. <laughs> Oh, shoot. I didn't know I was promoting the the product. Essential oils are so great. They make your home smell good. They're good for your body. I mean, there's all kinds of ways you can use essential oils. So this is a horrible plug for essential oils, but you should get some essential oils if you don't have essential oils. When is your hot times of the week to use essential oils? Oh, every day. Every day, all day. You can use them all the time. But... Okay, we use them mostly for like daytime to make the living room smell nice. But I think, actually, that's not most of the time. That's sometimes. Most of the time, I mean, a lot of nights, we'll put, we'll, have, we'll have a diffuser in our bedroom plus the diffuser in the living room. But we'll put on a smell in the bedroom. And I think it's supposed to help you sleep. I don't really know the science behind essential oils. <laughs> But uh, that's what we tend to use ours. That's my that's my winning combo as well. I'll have a daytime essential oil combo going, and then I have a nighttime essential oil combo. And then I also have a couple that I love for skin things. So if I have like a rash or like a sunburn, I will tell you this. If you are cooking and you burn your finger, don't even bother putting it under cold water. Immediately go and get lavender oil and put it on your finger, and it 1,000% like helps way better than anything else lavender is one that we use for multiple things oh it's like the mvp it's the mvp essential oil i feel like okay (laughs) so shout out to our non-sponsor of the week essential oils thank you for uh you know making our lives smell better and you know making me google a lot of science uh, about that (laughs) stuff i like to learn stuff so yeah cool uh, this week, our guest for Mother's May, second week, is Gretchen Robarts, and we're going to get into her life uh, a little bit. Um, those of you that know her uh, know that she also grew up on a farm. See, there's this weird theme. I just <laughs> That's not how the rest of the, the month is going to go, but I do have my second farm raised girl on the podcast um, in a row. So, You're only actually allowed to be in this podcast if you have a mom and you grew up on a farm. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so she has agreed to come. On, and if you know her, you know she actually doesn't have children that she's telling anyone about. <laughs> um, so oh we are. She does have actually a significant reason why she's here. And we're going to get into that. And I'm, I'm really excited for you guys to, who've never heard of her. I have a lot of friends from different parts of the country, from all the, all the kinds of states, you don't know how cool this person is. And I'm so glad she's in my life, and I'm glad you get to hear her voice and hear her talk and tell stories uh, about some things. Um, and I'm just going to like spread the gospel of Gretchen, because she's really, <laughs> really cool. So, yeah, um, I actually met Gretchen for the first time many moons ago, back in uh, April 2005. We moved to uh, Indiana, Greenwood, Indiana, and the rural part of Greenwood, Indiana. And I became the youth minister at her church, and she was in the youth group. And she was a really cool kid, super nice, super fun, and her family was always cool and awesome. Uh, And yeah, I've just known her for that long, I guess. But she's actually 
super good friends with my wife. So she quickly had nothing to do with me, became tight with her. <laughs> and they've had a really good relationship ever since. And it's, but it's been fun to watch it blossom. Uh, they love each other and it's cool to watch them. And yeah, so Gretchen means a lot to us both. Um, so Gretch, you're here. You're not a mom. I'm not a mom. I don't have any secret kids <laughs> that I know of. No, I have no secret kids or uh-huh. kids. Do you desire to be a mom? I don't know. I think I have said for a long time I've been single for a while. And so it's hard to think about wanting to have kids when you're single because that's not something that I want to do. Um, but I'm like, if I have the right partner and like teammate, I would do it. But I think, but I don't want to do it by myself. Sure. So you would be a great mom, even if you did it by yourself. There's, there's a lot of kids out there who could use someone like you. So if you did that, you'd have a thousand percent support from us because you would be rock awesome at it, but you do not have to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's just hard because I, I know kids are a lot of work and it takes a lot of support. And if you, I think, I see people that have spouses and it's, it's hard enough for two. So it's just to think about doing it as, as one person. That's, it's just a lot. It's a lot. But I also like kind of, I guess, jumping into things like I think about my mom and she really was such a strong mom. And I think thinking about my parents, you know, they were married for like almost 30 years and, but my dad was a farmer. And so if you know anything about farmers, it's a like, you're, you're married to the field and there are quite a few months out of the year that you cannot be around. You are, it's work and that is it. And so in some ways I feel like my mom kind of was a single mom. And so I, I know it's like, she was amazing and was such a good mom. And so I, I feel like I grew up with the best example. So I, I think I could do it, but it's just not, yeah, ideal. I think when you imagine wanting to raise a family, you don't really plan on doing it by yourself. I've only known a couple of people to give that a, a try and they've done really well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, cause your dad he is busy at times of the year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, your mom could, uh, she could have done just about anything in the world by herself. She's, she was a tough nugget for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't want to bury the lead too much cause she is, Gretchen is here for, some you know for a special perspective when it comes to mother's uh day celebration type stuff and i thought she's the perfect person uh to talk about these things so without digging too without talking around it too much more um let's get into i I guess i'm trying to figure out a good starting point (laughs) but uh maybe maybe uh right was it right before just shortly before you graduated college or shortly after? It was shortly after. Yeah. Okay. So short, So this is the year 2014. 14, mm-hmm. And shortly after May 10th or whenever you graduated college, mm-hmm. you, and which is in Tennessee, the yep. college you were at, you, I mean, you were going to go home mm-hmm. and chill out for a while. You were a photographer. So well, explain actually, what your plans yeah. were and so then what happened. I graduated from college and I, it's so funny. I've told this story so many times, but I remember I loved college. I was, I made a lot of really good friends. I had such a good experience, but I went to school in Tennessee and I grew up in Indiana. And so I remember moving back home. Um, and I remember calling my mom before, like as I'm, le- I'm driving on the freeway and I'm crying so hard and I, I can hardly see the road because I'm crying so hard. And I just was like, I, will never have this much fun like I will never be this happy as I was in college like it's over and she was like Gretchen like there's still so much fun to be had like it is not over like you still have so much of your life to live and <laughs> little did I know just how um my life would sort of crumble in the next couple months so I actually took a job recruiting for the university because I didn't have any post-college plans and I was like oh this will buy me some time Two weeks before my contract was over, my mom called and was like, hey, um, you know, I've, I've been having some like stomach issues. Um, she she had had some like bloating and swelling and just weirdness. And she was it was on a Friday and she's like, you know, you're, or I think it was a Thursday. Your dad and I are going tomorrow. We're going to get testing done and I'll like call you on Monday when I have the results. 
So I'm in New York at this camp in the middle of nowhere. And it was all day Monday. And I remember it was like in the evening, like around four or five. And I just knew I knew. And she calls me and I go out into this. We had like a little van and I go sit in the driver's seat. And she's like, "Okay, so we got the results back. I have stage four ovarian cancer and I just lose it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is horrible. Like and at this time, I didn't know anything about cancer. I didn't know anything about like hardly those words. But I just knew that stage four is not good. And so I was in. Yeah, I was in New York at the time. And then it was kind of cool. It worked out. We our last camp happened to be in Columbus, Indiana, which is like 45 minutes from my like my home. So I ended up getting to go that week. I was still at the camp, but I got to go one day with my up to um, see my mom. And, you know, there was I mean, it was just such an emotional time because my mom was so like such a healthy person and so vibrant and full of life. And so to have someone that, you know, you kind of feel like in some ways is invincible and just, you know, they just do so much. They go, go, go. And it's like, to get this out of the blue diagnosis was crushing. It was so crushing. Um, But I remember going, um, she was starting treatment pretty soon, but we went and picked out her wig and it was me and my sister. And then one of my aunts was actually there too. But even in that time, like we had the most fun at the wig shop and we're like all just trying on all of these crazy wigs. And um, I, I don't know. I was just like, so optimistic that if anybody can beat this my mom can like her attitude like she's so strong like I'm like we got this we got this like okay so and then uh yeah that uh, so that was July July of 2014 um and then I think it was just like four or five weeks after that my what, what, what was your mom's what was her demeanor yeah so. she's the adult in that situation She's the one dealing with it. You and your siblings and close friends and close, you know, other people. You know, I do remember you guys. I remember seeing social media posts and mm-hmm. I was like, wow, there, these guys are super positive. Like, if you ever have a problem, like, have them around because yeah. you guys are super positive. I, your mom really didn't do social media stuff. Right. She had an Instagram because I think I pushed her to get one. And it's actually really funny. But my mom was very passionate about Snapchat. And (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. It's weird. If you ask, like, so many of my cousins, they like my mom would text them and be like, are you going to lose our snap today? Like she was very passionate about Snapchat. So she started to kind of like get into things. And there was I like that she picks the one that like. The record can be erased in no time. and yep. <laughs> But she would get really into it. And then it was also, there was a short time where Dub Smash was a thing. Oh, she yeah. got very into that as well. And so I think, you know, my mom was always this really creative person. Mm-hmm. And so she would, like, and that's actually where I got my, like, how to do photography is my mom. Like, she was always, like, taking photos and just doing this very, like, creative, like, digital, like, kind of art. So it didn't, it's not... To me, it's not surprising. To other people, it's surprising. But, like, yeah, she had, like, an Instagram and, like, Snapchat and a little short stint with Dub Smash. But, um, yeah, she, I remember, she just really seemed to have this, like, I got, like, we got this. And I think. So she was like you guys. Well, yeah. And she, because I, I think it was actually, she was the first person to have that demeanor because it was like, well, however she's going to react, we'll probably react too. And I imagine that some of it is like, she didn't want to show like, like being scared or being sad because it's like, that's going to affect everybody else. But I mean, my mom was also like such a woman of faith. And so I think it was, you know, this is a very uncertain thing, but I, I know that God like has me in this. And so being able to walk forward with that, like, that deep truth and foundation that, okay, like this is out of my control, but like all the things that I've like gone to church and learned, like this is now time to really believe that. So yeah, she just, I remember at the beginning, it really was just this positive, like we're going to fight this. We got this like, and I mean, there was a lot of fear because it was just with ovarian cancer, especially your first round is your best round. And if it comes back, like it's not really good. Like it's most people don't 
most, yeah, don't survive that. So it was like this, I mean, a huge, oh my gosh, are we making the right decision? You know, there, there's also not a ton of like research and there is no cure for ovarian cancer. And so there is just like a lot of fear surrounding that in general. But so I don't want to downplay that my mom like got the diagnosis. I was like, oh, I got this. Like, no, it was, I know it was hard, but, and again, I think as my mom and as like this very strong woman, she had this whole persona of like, I'm going, like, I am strong. I am, but I'm also going to be strong through this because it's not a duality. It's people are capable of understanding the gravity of something and no matter how heavy it is, but then also having an interesting inner strength to them Mm. to, or a stubbornness Mm. like, it one of the two like i'm str- like no i'm not you know yeah. life's too good to get focused on this horrible thing mm-hmm. and the what ifs or it's the stubbornness like no i'm i'm not going to let you do that to me yeah i think she had probably had a little bit of both well and it came i think part of it came from my mom did have some very horrible you know things happen you know her own mom died when she was 20 mm-hmm. um she had one of her brothers die. And then actually just, it was, I think it was five or six weeks after she got diagnosed, her other brother died. And so, and it was very traumatic. And so it is like, it's not, you know, she didn't just wake up one day and was like, Oh, I have cancer. I'm going to be strong. Like she was, it was refined over time. And, and, and again, I, I know my mom wasn't perfect, but like she, she really was, she just embodied strength to me and just this like, joy just joy and strength is what I think of when I think about my mom and then her like entire battle with her cancer and I mean honestly just her whole life like even before which I think is something that's hard I don't I struggle with this sometimes I don't know if other people do but it's really hard not to get wrapped up in the the cancer part of someone's journey just because that's typically it's it is all consuming and it is you know typically the last part of your relationship with them. But even before that, I mean, I think about just our entire life and my mom really just was strength and joy. And so it just got magnified in that season in those, in that four, five years of her battle. And so, yeah, I think it's fitting and I'm so happy that she was able to battle with such, yeah, strength and joy. And you guys responded by, not just not just riding that wave with her, but you all, like you guys kind of stopped what you were doing. Mm. I mean, you in particular. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, it really for me worked out because the timing of things like I was at the tail end of this contract and then my entire life kind of felt like it was falling apart, but I didn't have any other plans. And so I I did move back home and I actually and I stayed home. And, and then I was so lucky that I, I did, I was able to launch a photography business and do that full time, but that gave me the flexibility so that, I mean, I went to most of my mom's chemo appointments. I was, you know, around sometimes more than she probably would like, but I mean, I really, it was such a special season. And I mean, I keep saying season, it was almost five years of my life and, but I got to be there and see my mom and we got to have so many so many conversations that you never I don't think imagine you're gonna have with your parent but like we got to and again like everything wasn't perfect I remember there was a lot of times um if you know me and my mom we are very similar which caused us to butt heads a lot and there were so many times after an argument that I'm like wow seriously Gretchen you're gonna you're going to argue with a terminal cancer patient. Okay. But it's like that, like a diagnosis like that doesn't change your relationship. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it doesn't change the dynamic. Like you still are going to fight. You're still going to get mad. Like you're still like you're human, but it's like just a really crappy feeling to be like, wow, I'm so glad I just yelled at my like mom who <laughs> has terminal cancer. <laughs> wow. Good job. Gretchen. <laughs> Feels good. <laughs> yep. I think she probably won more percentage-wise arguments <laughs> in the family 
in that phase of life because yeah. you guys just knew better. Like, I'm daggummit. Oh, my sweet dad. I don't know how many times she probably was like, mm, help cancer <laughs> card. I'm going to pull that out. Like, she didn't use it a ton, but there was a couple times where she used it. And I'm like, honestly, yeah, d- like, go for it. Like, Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have cancer. Are you kidding? Like, you have terminal cancer. Yeah. Get I'm, get a free, like, car wash. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm playing that card. Are you kidding? I would go into Krispy Kreme with, like... Like my my chemo receipt, like come on, a free dozen. Oh that's, that's the gosh. least you can do for me. Seriously, oh man, yeah. So <laughs> she she did play that sometimes, but I didn't ever felt taken advantage of. <laughs> um, so you're back. Home. Okay, so to recap, you are graduating. You're feeling all the feels, hmm. like my life will never like. College is really that condensed amazingness. Like, if you do get to spend a few years in that kind of bubble uh, the way you did, so dorm life, uh, it, and you worked. I mean, you, you had thing, you had responsibilities, and you started your own photography business, I, I th- I'm pretty sure, while you were in college. Yeah. So you were committed to doing responsible things, and I think you were a pretty good student, too. I tried. Yeah, okay. So maybe <laughs> Work not- hard, play hard. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think you were a pretty good student. You cared about the right stuff. You did things the right way. Um, uh, but that condensed amount of fun, right? So it's like biting into a bouillon cube that's mm-hmm. meant for a giant pot of sauce, but it, it's overwhelming, right? College is that, you know, 40 years of amazingness wrapped up into four. Yeah. Um, so I, I totally get it and I had it and I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. There's a saturation point. <laughs> like we're okay that's 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 maybe too good yeah you know we need to i need to chill because that it almost feels unnatural to be that good but uh you're coming out of that fantastic phase of your life um then you're telling your mom it'll never be like this you're you're already mourning the death of all that amazingness uh and then you're working. You said you were doing stuff for the school, promoting, you know, kind of doing recruitment stuff, mm-hmm. right? But that meant travel. Yeah. So all summer. And then somewhere late in the summer is when you find out, mm-hmm. like, what's, like, your mom tells you, stage four cancer. You move back. So you went from, and this isn't a pick on you, but you really did went from this, this, uh, natural I would have felt it too but the natural self-absorbed I'll never have this again to the realization like oh oh my gosh I went from that being the biggest deal in my life Mm -hmm. and two and a half months later that means nothing Mm -hmm. because now this it's so much bigger yeah so you were faced with this huge transition Mm -hmm. so I don't know I've often wanted to ask you what that felt like and if and if you actually sat to, sat down to think about it and had reflective moments yeah or maybe and I but I always came back to she's too busy like she's I'm always curious about that stuff but yeah. I, I figured you were just too busy to care but I don't know now that we're here I am curious did it hit you like there was this you were you were having to change and did you feel yourself changing as well in that time? Like I'm becoming, I, this is not what I expected and I feel my own growth happening. Mm. Were you aware of that at the time? I think the first um, year there was just so like my whole life I felt like looked around me and it was just so broken. You know, I have this, you know, mom that has a cancer diagnosis an uncle that had died and left behind you know, four kids and a wife and his kids were young. And so, and, and, pe- and explain when, the, uh, for the listeners, when that happened. Yeah. So my mom was diagnosed. It was like the last weekend of July and then he died. I want to say it was, I should know the date. It was like the third week of August. I'm pretty sure. So it was like very, very close. And my, my mom and, and her brother were best friends. They lived on the road from each other. They grew up on the farm together. They, you know, it was, we were tight. We are tight. We are close. So in, 
in some ways it feels cheap to say like my uncle died because it felt so much more than that. Right. But, you know, so I look at that and the, and it's like, I'm just trying to get by. I was just trying to like get from one day to the next because it was just so much brokenness and grief and just like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> because right. I mean, literally. And if you I cuss, was, it's okay. Cause I'll just beep it out. Okay. That's what I've done. I've for been wanting people. to so bad, but I'm, I'm trying to be good. <laughs> I actually have kind of a potty mouth, but it's fine. So um, there's all this tragedy, like, boom, like, yeah. right all and of a sudden. And it's just such a contrast, because literally, I go from the happiest of my life, and, you know, I'm graduating college, and I'm with all my friends, and then, it, yeah, it's this, and so I think it was for the first year, just, like, trying to figure it out, trying to get by, and also just honestly fighting every single day to have this optimism and hope that, like, things were going to be okay, because... It didn't, it, it felt like things were going to be okay. You know, my mom, she had, she had gone through treatments and between her chemo, she got like a full hysterectomy and got everything removed. And it was like, okay, we're like being aggressive. We're going after this thing. And then, you know, she was in remission, I think for, oh my gosh, it was like two seconds and the freaking cancer came back and it was like, oh, oh, okay. So, hmm. and you knew when it came back. I was, I will never forget this. I was in the appointment with her, um, which also I just like shout out to my mom for letting me even be a part of all of that. Uh Because I mean, of course my dad was at so many, like by her side through. So I mean the whole thing, but to be able to be at the appointments and things. But I remember sitting at the doctor's office and we're in the doctor's office, which when you see that in movies, you're like, like, that's not real, but it's like. It is real, and it's very usually bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I just, she's talking, and I just, I'm crying, and I just, and my mom's not crying, of course, because she's strength and joy, but I remember looking at the doctor, and I was like, I'm sorry, but can you just, like, what are you, what are you saying? Like, what is actually, like, the, what did I say? It was like, what is the, like, what are you saying, pretty much? And she was, you know, like 80% of people that have this get to like, and it comes back, get like a year. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, and the other 20% get less than that. And I'm like, Mm. so, and I'm, again, I'm just crying. And I'm like, so you're telling me likely we're getting a year. She's like, yes. And I'm like, and again, I'm just crying. And I'm like, (laughs) I need to stop crying because I'm supposed to be the support here, but I can't freaking pull it together. (laughs) And that was basically me the entire four years. Like I'm crying and my mom's like, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, really? Because it doesn't feel like it. (laughs) But um, yeah, so I think then it was just like this aggressive, like we're going to fight for joy. We're going to fight for hope. We're going to fight for like, God to just work a miracle and so I mean I think I I think about year two when things it was like we're in this for the long haul it was I do feel like I noticed myself changing and it really did it it did just feel some of my selfishness and like just my world it wasn't my world anymore and that's that didn't matter to me and and if you think about it too, like I was 20, what was I? 23, 24. I'm, I'm 23, 24 living at my parents' house. And that's usually the time when people are like, you mm-hmm. know, discovering themselves and they're <laughs> having the time of their life at their first apartment. And like, I'm, I'm, you know, fighting with my mom because I accidentally spilled something on the stove and I'm like, I'm sorry. And she's like, I just cleaned that. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to my room. And it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm 15 again. But uh-huh. I don't know. It was just this, yeah, I think I, I did recognize that around year two and just like, we're going to be in this for a long time, and but but I'm here for it. Right. And and during that time, too, like my brother was still finishing college. My sister was actually in, Col- in Colorado working for a Young Life camp. And so, like, you know, I was just at home with, with my parents. And then, um, but I yeah, I was like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know. Because, again, like I didn't have plans after graduation, but I was like, Oh, I'm not going back to Indiana. And there I was. And so, yes, I did acknowledge my growth and I did feel the growing pains for sure. Yeah. So 
uh, those from 2014 until she passed away, which was January 2018. Of 2018. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got three and a half years and no is that right no yeah three and a half so three and a half years that you were at home and uh i don't know you've never described yourself as like a caregiver (laughs) but it didn't probably feel that way until near the end Mm -hmm. where things started to really tank Mm -hmm. um and you were giving updates to Kayla uh, over, over text or whatever. And she would let me know, oh, it's moving fast. Mm-hmm. So we knew. We were like, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we're getting close. And you guys are kind of edge of your seat. Having hard conversations. You know, weird conversations, right? Yeah. With your parents. Um Gosh, and it, and it probably sounds cheap to say this, but you wouldn't have had those if they had lived to be 80 and died in their sleep because they wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of prep work that went into her passing. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot of time that you intentionally went out and took advantage of. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm here for all of this, whether we fight or whether we pick flowers today mm-hmm. or we bake something new and create our own kombucha or because <laughs> you did that we right did that oh my gosh we did that it was our little baby for a while <laughs> yeah you did interesting things together and you also lived your life you mm-hmm. continued to do photography um you traveled mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure if i remember right you traveled you, you it's not like you didn't have fun yeah you hung out with friends. You spent, I mean, you made, you tried to make the most of your life too at the same time. Yeah. And I'm sure your parents were like, Abs- please yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, knowing what was to come, they, yeah. they wanted you, they knew what was happening and they knew like that maturity that I don't, I think I've only come into in my forties. Right. Cause watching stuff like that happen right mm-hmm. and then friends of mine who are my age or just a little older mm-hmm. get weird sick right i have have a college friends pass away and it's made me think about some things like how do i want to behave mm-hmm. like from here like is the grim reaper around the corner i don't know <laughs> uh but i know i'm closer to the grave yeah. right and i don't mean to be morbid but i'm aware of it yeah good chance i've got less ahead of me than behind me yeah so what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And your parents had way more maturity for that. They were even older than me. And um, they could see through the dark mm-hmm. and hope for the best and hope for the light and still want the best for you guys. Yeah. Always encouraging you and hoping you were tackling life in whatever way you needed to tackle it. It was impressive to watch. So she passes away. You had three and a half really strong, full years mm-hmm. that people don't normally know that they have to take. And you had them in some prime time, mm-hmm. like your 20s. Yeah. Uh, you're healthy. You're able to run around and do what you've got to do uh, with for yourself and for them. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, she passes away. And there's there's so much to all this that so you we talk for hours and hours and hours on it. But she passes away, and then your family, um, your first reactions were to do what? Like you, your siblings. You know, I'm sure you went and got counseling, or at least I would have. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's definitely. I don't know. It's so weird because even just that whole end, the end, the beginning of the end, as I call it, it was really October to January. Um, But we all, I think we just tried to prepare ourselves and also be in the moment. And, you know, it's like you see this huge imminent pain that's just coming your way, but you're like, I know this is going to hurt like hell, but also let's still be in the moment. And so I think after it was all done, you know, after 
And I, and again, like we had time, we had time to prepare. We had time to have last conversations. Like there's actually two separate occasions that we all said our goodbyes because the first time, <laughs> you know, I was, we had taken turns doing a uh, psych. Right. We had, ta- we were taking turns <laughs> being nurse and I, I was uh, supposed to be night nurse, but I was taking a nap before I got on shift because we did hospice at home. And I remember my sister just coming up and she knocks on my door and I open the door and she's crying. She's like, I think it's time. And I'm like, what? I'm like, oh my gosh. So we go downstairs, we say our goodbyes. And then I'm like, okay. Well then that night I'm on night nurse and I'm just literally sitting up watching my mom breathe. And I'm like, is this the last breath? Is this the last breath? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, so we had, that wasn't, that wasn't the time actually very funny, but she ended up knocking over her water cup and, um, I made a joke and she did not think it was funny. And she was like, can you just get me some more ice? She's like, I'm really not in the mood for jokes. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know we aren't allowed to joke now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then she also made a comment. She's like, you're also not a very good night nurse because you, I saw you sleeping. And I'm like, oh, my oh. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> this is at like three in the morning. Um, I can't believe they asked you. To be the night nurse. Well, because at the time, you know, my dad is still working. My sister was, I mean, everybody was still working full time, you know, especially my sister. She had a really crappy job. That's right. There so was she, day job stuff. She couldn't. Yeah. And, and so, so my, I, I feel for everybody, but for some reason I just feel the most for my sister because she would go work this really hard job. She had, to, it was very emotionally taxing and then come home to this. And it was like a night, an evening for bad for my mom. So it was, it was just. Hmm. You know, there's a million ways you kind of wish things would go, but I I do wish things were better at the end. But with all that being said, you are just riding this emotional roller coaster. And then but you continue because after, you know, she died and we have the funeral and it's this whole another emotional roller coaster. And and we did something, too, where my mom knew that she we knew she was going to die. And so we opened up um, people like visitation while she was on hospice. So we had a schedule and people signed up to come see her and basically say their goodbyes. And so that was going on for like two weeks maybe. And then we cut it off. Um, I mean, I mean, there were people there when she died besides just like the five of us. And so, um, yeah, it was, yeah, this whole emotional roller coaster. But because my mom, I think, just led, she always seemed to be doing things for others. It just felt right that that's how we, we continued to do that until her very last breath. But then afterwards, it was like, you're just kind of in a fog and you just, I mean, I don't, I don't honestly remember. I feel like the first, I don't even know, four months, like you just kind of are just existing. Um, and again, like, my dad you know at the time it was my slow season for photography so I like had no jobs and I wanted it that way I didn't take any clients until I think it was like April like I did not work and I just yeah I felt it and I'm if you're familiar with the Enneagram I'm Enneagram Enneagram 4 and so I want to be my feelings sometimes but especially with that like I wanted to be in my feelings and I just, I, I sort of had more of the space and I knew I wouldn't always have that space. So some days, yeah, I would just cry all day and just wander from room to room and touch her stuff or like, you know, just, you're just existing and you're trying to get from one minute to the next without, you know, crumbling. And so I think we all were just kind of doing that. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard because with grief, every person's different. And, you know, my brother and my sister and I all had the same mom. And I would say we had similar relationships to her. But, like, how each of us grieve is so different. And for me, I think something that's been very powerful and helpful is... And my mom was really gracious. We documented a lot of her um, her treatment and just her cancer journey on social media. And so a lot of people did keep up and... I know like thousands of people were praying for us, but I sort of in that honor and just not wanting to let her stories die and who she was die. I've continued that and just kind of exposing my grief on my Instagram. And I don't know. I just think for me, I think about how many people I know that have experienced grief and they never talk about it. They never talk about it with 
anybody. And I know for some people, burying that is easier. But for me, I want to uncover it and bring it to life because I think in that, in some ways, it feels like my mom gets to, to live again and be a part of what it is now. And and yeah, I know I'm I'm a girl with a dead mom, but I also still want people to know pieces of my mom. And I and they do get to know that through me. But like, I don't know. We're all just carrying around a lot of things that are so really hard to express. And I've just been kind of I I'm sure my family, I hope they don't feel like I push them. But I do oftentimes when we talk, I'm just so I'm like, so what what what's something that you missed about mom lately? Like I just <laughs> my poor dad, especially I'm like, but it's hard because it's like, I don't know how you're grieving. I don't know how you're dealing with it. And I'm always vocal and I will call if I'm, I'm having a bad time, but they don't always. And so I try to force them, a.k.a. encourage them to talk about their grief. But it is it's personal and it is private, but it, I think it should be shared because everybody in their life, whether you'd like to admit or not, is going to grieve in some way. Um, and it's it's likely going to be a person. But I know a lot of people are grieving right now just with this whole quarantine, like how many everybody's grieving something, um, whether it's an event or an actual person. But um, I just I think my mom showed me and just with her cancer of look at this horrible thing that's happening, but look how much like joy we're having in this. And there is some beauty, but it was also like real. And so also with that spirit, just wanting to, to carry that on through grief. Well, in tribute to her, we'll tell some stories. You can make them (laughs) long or short, whatever you want. Uh, but I wrote down some things. Okay. Okay. So we could pop them off. Now I'm putting you on the spot because I didn't prep you for these, but I mean, I lived 26 years with my mom, so I can always tell stories. Okay. (laughs) So a funny story about your mom, it can be at her expense or just a goofy time. Oh my goodness. There's so many. Something that tickles you. Well, recently, actually, my cousin sent a photo of my mom, and it was, (laughs) she's just in our living, in our, like, dining room, and she's wrapped around this American flag, and she has her bathing suit on and a hat, and, because she, she was bald, and also back to the, like, circling back to the wigs, she barely wore her wigs, because, I mean, they're very uncomfortable. So she would just always wear a hat because a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. But anyway, she wore her hat and she's just in the living room standing at this American flag outfit and hugging my cousin. And it's just so funny because it's like what was happening. But that (laughs) literally like I, I know my mom and she was just like, this would be funny and just like put it on. But like. Also, why do you have a full American flag just in your house? Like, that's <laughs> weird. But, like, yeah, just that's a normal day. That was a normal day at the house. Like, just. She could make the mundane funny. Yeah. Like, she could enjoy those weird, clever moments. Like, she could create them pretty quick. Yeah. Um, you get that from her. Like, yeah. for sure. You're really good at that, too. Yeah. Um coolest qualities about your mom (laughs) my mom I think my her coolest qualities are she literally did not know a stranger and I felt I felt bad for her sometimes because I would watch it unfold and I'm like oh that person thinks they're best friends but my mom was just literally having a conversation (laughs) oh man that sucks to be you which is something that she would say a lot to me but (laughs) or people but yeah she literally could make and even at her, like, at her funeral, so many people were like, oh, my gosh, your mom. And I'm like, she barely even liked you that much. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, oh, my gosh, yeah, she, yeah, loved you. But, yeah, so that, and then I think she would, I, I laugh now because she would always say, you just don't think, like, I'm funny, but you just don't want to admit it. But, like, she was really funny. She was so funny and sometimes so inappropriate. She would say things. I'm like, mom, that is literally not politically correct or like good at all. But 
she just was like, well, I said it like, you know, whatever. But she also is just the most creative person. My mom, she is just so creative. She could do anything. And I don't know a single person that could do as much as my mom. She would be out in the yard mowing the yard and then like pulling weeds. But then she'd come inside and she can make this amazing meal while she had sewn an entire comforter for my brother's bed. Like, and then also just be like so beautiful and like she just she was amazing and yeah could do like could do so much. I feel like so many things like if she touched it, it turned to gold like it was just so good. And I think when I met her way back when I th- I'm pretty sure she was already a bus driver, right? Mm-hmm. She would drive kids to school. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking her one day, like, hanging around, you know, I don't know where we were standing or what was going on. But I asked her, I was like, so why'd you get into that? And, you know, she goes, I don't know, I just wanted something to do. I was like, to be, okay, that's yeah, cool. But rem- she enjoyed, I the kids, mm-hmm. like, they, I think there was a lot of kids who really liked seeing her pick oh, them up. Yeah. And I even heard that from other kids. Like, they knew her because of that, mm-hmm. and she was just the coolest bus driver. Oh, yeah. There was, I'm certain there's people in my life that I'm like, you were really only friends with me because you wanted to hang out with my mom. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> like, nice. But, I mean, as I became an adult, I'm like, yeah, I just. I want to hang out with you. Like you're, she was so fun. She was so fun. Like I just remember there was, I mean, we would, we spent a lot of time together, but you never ran out of things to talk about. And she just, Oh man, she, she really was. Yeah. She, she's so easy to talk to and yeah, everybody seemed to like her a lot. (laughs) I think one of the, one of the funniest moments I remember was, we had no reason to do this. We just decided a bunch of us would go over to your house. Mm-hmm. So you, a bunch of other high schoolers, you had, I don't know if it was like a small pool, I guess. Right. And it was, it was above ground. Mm-hmm. So, and we were, you know, they could swim if they wanted, but they could eat. And there was a dozen of us or whatever, just hanging out, but it was kind of impromptu. And I think you offered it up. So everybody was like, Sure. So the next day, a bunch of us just showed up to hang out and she didn't look annoyed at all. It's like she was super, super cool about it. But two, three hours in, she just got this big smile. She's enjoying everybody. She, she's been laughing and everything and looks over at me with a big smile. She goes, wow, when's this over? <laughs> I just died. <laughs> Oh, I was like, that is hilarious. Oh, that's the thing, though. She always I mean, I threw so many Halloween parties and she was would be so gung ho and into it. But then it was like, so you're going to clean this up when it's over. right? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> it's really hard to take you seriously as you're dressed up like uh-huh. in this costume. But yes, I will clean it up. Like, that's the thing is she and if you know my mom or if you knew my mom, like she she loved to have a good time. But she also, if you, my favorite is like my mom. My mom loved to have a good time. But no matter how many people were over, no matter how, no matter how big the mess was, no matter how late it was, she would clean her whole kitchen before she went to bed. And so it was this always this like oh she's so much fun. But also she runs a tight ship. Like uh-huh. do not cross her, do not mess her. Like and don't mess up her kitchen. Like you gonna I do be in big trouble if you mess up that her. kitchen. Yeah, she. I remember her in there wiping it down mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think maybe every single time I was ever at your place, yep. she, I could, it was almost like predictable. Mm-hmm. She's in there probably, where is she? She's probably wiping the kitchen down. <laughs> I, I even knew that and never thought anything of it. Yeah. And then, you know, it wasn't too long ago where you told me that story. Like she, no, she had to clean that. They had to be clean. Oh yeah. So that makes sense. But I mean, some people are like that where that's the one thing. I mean, it so. wasn't just the kid. Like my mom was so much fun, but she was also scary. Like you, if you think about <laughs> taking anything except for popcorn and water into the living room, you're dead. Right. And everybody knew that. Like one time my cousins, I mean, we were adults. Like this is like, I mean, I don't know. I was 
she had cancer, but we were all upstairs hanging out. And my one cousin had a bowl of ice cream. And I was like, you better take that downstairs. <laughs> I, like, I swear. Well, he drops the ice cream. Oh, no. And we were being too loud. And my mom comes upstairs and she sees the ice cream and she just like gets so mad. And I just took the blame for it because I'm like, I'm not going to let my little cousin like right. get ripped a new one. And she was just, oh, my gosh, so mad. And it was. We are all full grown adults and we are all scared. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like. Yeah, it was just she loved to have fun, but there was a time and place and also don't mess up her kitchen. (laughs) Okay, something about you that frustrated your mom. Oh, man. I wish we could have callers because every single person would call in and say my room (laughs) or my spending habits. My mother, I'm pretty sure on her. On her deathbed, we were talking about this. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, how does it feel to be dying? Like, we're having a very serious conversation. I'm like weeping, crying, and we're talking about it. And she has the balls to say, I hope I can see your bank account from heaven. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you are so sick. But, yeah, that was my mom. um, My mom really never cried about much. But there was a few times that she would cry because I have a messy room. It was just cluttered. It was not dirty. It was just cluttered. A lot of clothes. But she would just be like, what did I do to make you this way? (laughs) And I'm like, I always, I would all, I'm like, I could be in jail. I could be doing drugs. I could be like having a baby at 15. I'm like, but you are going to cry over the fact that I (laughs) am messy. Oh my gosh, woman. So that was that and my spending habits. So, you know. That's funny. We would go round and round about that. Um, a sweet memory of just you and her. Hmm. <laughs> I can only think of sassy moments, but I'm trying <laughs> to think. Um, I guess uh, I'll share two. One was because, again, I don't want it to be all themed of her when she had cancer but sure. it was really sweet when um when she was it was a week before she died and I was really adamant about wanting to have vi- um, voice recordings for us so just kind of some last words and just you know having you know, it's a very surreal moment to sit with someone and ask them to reflect on their whole life and share thoughts about that. But it was just very, very sweet. Like, oh, I love how I did so good and now I'm getting choked up. But I know my mom loved being a mom, but I think it was really in those recordings that I saw. Like, she just really loved being a mom. And for her, her to talk about, and like, I mean, for me, I recorded one for my dad, for my sister, my brother, and a couple other people. But just to hear her and see her talking to me and telling me like what, how she was proud of me or favorite moments or just things like that. And like, I think again, so many of us live with, Oh, I wish I told a person that, or I wish I said this or, Oh, I hope they know. But like, I know, I know how my mom felt about me and I know how she felt about us and like our family and like, but to hear it and to see it and just to know that like, yeah, she she loved being a mom and she but she loved being our mom. And I think that was just I mean, I always hold that so close to me for the rest of my life and just, yeah, know how sweet it was. Um, and a non cancer sweet moment was that my mom loved sending mail and she would just always send care packages and they were just sometimes really stupid stuff but sometimes things that I'm just like I didn't even know I wanted this but I love this and all usually cookies that she made but it made me laugh because one of my friends I mean she did it like the whole time I was in college like and anytime I did an internship somewhere she's ex- except for when I was in Ethiopia every other time sent actually I'm pretty sure she even sent a letter to Ethiopia but anyways she she would just send care packages and one time my friend she was with me when we were checking the mail, and she's like, oh, seriously? Another care package? And she gets on the phone and calls her mom, and she's like, Mom, Gretchen's mom sends her care packages all the time. Like, why don't you ever send me care packages? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. So I guess if you want a care package, you should talk to Sarah. And it's just, fu- like, it was just sweet. Like, because, again, if you knew, my mom 
I often tell, I've told this story too, but at her uh, funeral, there was this one lady that came up and she was like, your mom was just an angel. She was just the sweetest person. And I'm like, are we talking about the same person? (laughs) Because my mom was sweet, but that's like down the list of things that were great about her. And so I feel like I know this is going to have some cuss words in it, but this was my favorite and I feel like embodies my mom. But there was another lady that came up to me at her at the uh, funeral and she goes, Oh my, I don't even hardly know what your mom's name was. Cause every time we see each other, we'd just be like, Hey bitch. And she'd be like, Hey bitch. <laughs> and so like, I don't even hardly know her name. Cause we just called each other bitch. And I'm like, <laughs> it, I think about that all the time. And it just made me laugh so hard because I'm like, yep, you, you, you knew my mom, you got my, that side of my mom. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just funny to think. I mean, yeah, my mom was a sweet person and there were so many sweet moments, but like she was, she was a lot more than that. <laughs> right. And she would prefer that kind of memory, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, so being, you know, we just, at the time this recording comes out, Mother's Day will have been mm-hmm. celebrated. And I totally, I'll admit, I, there are times when I feel like it's just a commercial thing. Mm-hmm. Right. I have no problem, you know, having a day where it's kind of like, if we're going to have national you know, cheeseburger day, we might as well s- celebrate some things that are more significant. Right. For sure. So mother's day is cool. Mm-hmm. So no problem making the most out of that, you know, doing s- special stuff for my wife. You know, my kids will do cards or we'll go out to eat like where she wants, or mm-hmm. maybe she just wants time. You know, there've been times where it's like, okay, you go to a hotel, like you just go away. Mm-hmm. Like if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no problem with that. I think it's awesome uh, to do that and probably should do more s- special things like that for your moms, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have a mom to do that with mm-hmm. anymore, and you haven't for the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, what, can, what can people like me, mm-hmm. uh, what, can, what would you like us to remember Mm-hmm. For as in regards to people like you, who they've got a fresh wound, mm-hmm. um, or maybe it's not even that fresh. Maybe it's maybe it happened twenty years ago, right? Yeah. Um, what would be something? Is there anything that would be? And and you've never you're not the kind of person that would you're not uh, uh, campaigning for anything like this, right? Just because your mom died, now you're campaigning for better treatment for survivors or like you're not that kind of person but i'm sure that there's something we can learn right Mm -hmm. because i don't think about that stuff very much right i think about it on the day like oh bummer and because you're in my life i thought about it more Mm -hmm. like oh okay i wonder what gretchen's feeling right now Mm -hmm. um i will admit i don't reach out uh it doesn't mean i don't care yeah but what's something and I should do better at that. But what is uh, something that maybe someone like me, mm. you know, could do well to remember? Yeah. I think it goes back to the whole thing that grief is different for everybody. And so and and just because one year it felt a certain way doesn't mean that the next year it's going to feel the same. And so that it's just kind of a beast and it's in a sense to tackle. And so there's not really a one size fits all. Like this is the equation to help someone who is sad because they're grieving a dead parent or X, Y, or Z. Like, but, like Gretchen, your mom passed away two years. Come on. Yeah. Like it happened, but now we're here. Yeah. Like, dare you, do you just, what do you want? Yeah. So I think for like, I, you just, you just never minimize it. Don't ever minimize it. And I'm, any if you take anything away from this podcast do not ever ask or encourage someone that is grieving like oh well like when things get back to normal because their entire version of normal has shifted and it's never going to be that way so please if you take anything away from this just please don't say that to someone because it's not encouraging or helpful but I think if you if you have someone in your life that you know this is a wound and maybe you've never talked about it before like just send like and if you feel like it's on your heart just acknowledge it 
And it doesn't have to be this whole long sappy post it or text just like thinking about you today. Love you. Or for me, something that I love is people that knew my mom, like just even saying her name or like sharing a memory that means the world to me because then it, it reminds me that I'm not the only person that misses her. I'm not the only person that has this void in my life. And so that is the best gift is when people talk about my mom and literally just say her name and share memories because again, I'm not the only one missing her. And that goes for any time of the year, but especially around holidays, her birthday, her death date, mother's day, like it's really, it's really nice to know, Oh, I'm in this corner of the world, but I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. No, that's, I think that's a fair request. Mm-hmm. I think that's something we can all do better at. Um, and not just because of mother's day, but because, um, if you have people in your life that are like that, mm-hmm. they're not feeling the cut. They're not feeling the, the burn from the wound just on the holidays, like yeah. Christmas and Thanksgiving and all that. They're feeling it pretty much at any given moment. Yeah. So, um, I can't say that I've been through it to be honest, but yeah. my mom still kicking, <laughs> uh, you know, and that's, you know, my, I did have my, uh, Papa, he passed away, but mm-hmm. we weren't super close. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't feel that, that wound. I think anyone now that's left, it would, it would hurt a lot. So yeah. I do want to stretch the taffy on that if I can, you know, yeah. uh, and make the most of it. So I do, I often think about it ahead of time. I'll say, I love you a lot mm-hmm. to people because if, if something happens to me, I want mm-hmm. them to know that dude loved me. Yeah. Leave nothing unsaid because yeah. don't, you don't have to wait for some. And I, and I, we, we didn't, I feel like we were very like, you know, things just got magnified when my mom got sick, but you don't have to wait for a diagnosis to do those things. Like just, yeah. Let, let the people that you know that are important in your life, how important they are to you. And and I'm lucky, I'm lucky that I got three and a half years to shower my mom with that, you know, af- like affirmation, encouragement and love and vice versa. But yeah, don't wait for that. And so I think, and also back to the, like, if you reach out to someone and they don't ever respond back, that's, that's fine because you're not doing it for you. Just a just a quick reminder, you are not doing it for you. And so they might not be in a place to respond. And so if you ever text them and or write them a letter and they never respond, don't take it personally. <laughs> right. Because I have become undone by a text before and I can't respond because I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And then other times it's such a gift. But either way, it's not about you. So <laughs> just keep that in mind. <laughs> well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. And because I definitely want to have you back. And there's there's more to talk about than, you know, your the passing of your mom yeah. and things like that. Um, you're, you're way more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, I've actively thought that and tried to show that to you. Yeah. Um, because I knew you before all that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just guessing here, but I bet sometimes you feel like you're that token mm-hmm. person sometimes. Cause I've had other people tell me that same thing. So I, I've wondered, Ooh, I've, I don't treat Gretchen like that, but I wonder if other people have, but I, not, I feel not, like they might. not on purpose. Right. Like, Yeah, maybe they have, but I've also, I think just really kind of putting it all out there. I, it's kind of an invitation, which sometimes it's welcomed. And I've had some really beautiful conversations with people, but sometimes I'm like, oh my, please don't ever message me again. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, again, it's like I put it out there so I know, like, I'm not surprised, but yeah, I... You don't mind it. I don't mind it. I actually, I, I, again, because I think a lot of people have some, you know, undiscussed grief or things that they never get to get out. And I sometimes get to be the recipient of that. And I think that's such, that is such a joy and honor for me because, and again, I think it's, it is part of who I am, but in a way it's, it's to be a part of my mom's legacy of like how cool that I, I now get to help people or have vulnerable conversations or like be there for people. Um, and, and yeah, I just think we all need each other. We all need to somehow not let our crap take us down. 
Um, and so sometimes that does require us to lean on each other, but I'm here for it. What an interesting byproduct that you can, that is something you can be mm. because of it. I had not thought of that. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. So yeah, we'll have you back. It's been fun. Thank you for sharing and crying. Only a little. I'm so I know. proud. I, I did worry about it earlier. I was like, gosh, <laughs> we're going to talk about her mom. And I don't know what kind of person she is, if she's going to ball. Uh, you know, you held it together really good, but we did talk mostly about, uh, you know, the parts of the journey that were pretty cool and yeah. I didn't hang too long on purpose mm-hmm. on the, on the rough stuff, but, uh, yeah, we'll have you back. We'll talk about other things. Well, your journey into being an international nasty girl and <laughs> just catch up, <laughs> see how that's going. Um, yeah. Um, have you had fun? I did. I really love this. And again, I'm. I love talking about my mom and in a sick way, I love talking about grief. Um, but so it's, it does feel like a sweet spot. So, but this was fun. All right, bud. Well, that was Gretchen and that's just a part of who she is. Part of her life. It's been a bigger part last several years. Um, and I've been able to watch her journey through it and grow. And I've learned about life myself, uh, because of that. So, yeah, hope you've enjoyed that. We'll have her back to talk about all kinds of other things in life. And, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening to Jeff's World.